Welcome back to The Foil Project. I'm Max, this is Noah, this is Hugh, and today we have some very exciting news. Big guest, probably one of our biggest. We have founder and director of Armstrong Foils, Mr. Army Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks so, for the introduction. I'm yeah. stoked to be here. You guys have got an epic setup. Thanks yeah. for coming on. Yeah. Um, so a bit of background on us three. We've been foiling for around up to three years now, uh, mainly in the prone foiling, but we've also had a little bit of wing ding experience, if that's what you like yep. to call it. Um, and especially as we we're just talking about, we've also designed some of our own boards last year with Steve. Awesome. So we're really looking forward to talking to you about all like the design setup, what Armstrong Foils has planned for the future and everything that surrounds Armstrong <laughs> as a brand. So yeah. super excited for this podcast. Yeah, well, just stoked to be here, guys, and thanks a lot for having me. And yeah, yeah sure. awesome to hear about you building boards. I yeah. mean, what got that project started? I mean, pretty pretty big one to bite off straight out of the bat. What year were you guys in when you when you started that one? Yeah, so we're in, we're in year twelve. Yeah, um, we pretty much yeah. bought <laughs> a block probably of table size this table size worth of foam blocks yep. like that, and just got a saw out and cut out our shapes, and then from there just sanded everything. You know, used uh, planes and. It's yeah. cool. So you handshake them. Yeah, yeah. completely. Oh, good, yeah. good yeah. work. Yeah. Good it was work, great. Lad. No, I mean, All awesome experience. No, well, well done. Well done. Well, as you know, it's you know a little bit of a process putting some gear together. So yeah, for sure. Thanks for having us on. And yeah, for me, I, I started, I guess, in a similar sort of way, just making boards in a shed in Raglan, New Zealand. Yeah. out of just wanting to make some boards for myself and I was you know doing a bunch of surfing and kiting and supping at the time and yeah started sure. making my own boards you know about 15 years ago and and before that though, I'd done a lot of boat building so I'd had a bit oh, of yeah. experience you know mm. with that sort of materials and then yeah just went from there and got addicted to foiling about 10 years ago and went down the rabbit hole oh, perfect. <laughs> easy I guess we wanted to know what your sort of first experience the water sports were like as a kid were you always involved water sports yeah well, i guess everything. sailing's a water sport yeah i, I grew up on a boat pretty yeah, lucky, yeah. really on a boat sailing around the world with my family so yeah. when i was six months old my parents got together with some great family friends of theirs in the uk and they bought a small boat 45 foot catch and yeah. like made me a tiny three foot bunk i was six months old and we had you know <laughs> my brothers and sisters and my friends um you know kids as well my family friends kids so there were six kids and four adults on the boat and they yeah. just took off and we sailed around the world for a few years so that was i guess my first experience yeah, of yeah, water wow. sports and um just sailing i've always been sailing with my with my dad my whole life my grandfather was an architect and boat builder and yeah just been involved in that scene for forever and so out of new zealand you're always sailing really on the water and and then that evolved into kiting and windsurfing and stuff as they came along and yeah then yeah now foiling is about the, the main focus <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great, for sure. i'm um, just talking about that did you ever get into surfing at all or was it always wind sports i did i did do a bit of surfing but not as much actually i was more much more wind sport oriented okay. so i mean i did i got my first surfboard when i was about 14 so yeah probably an aussie that's pretty late here you'd normally get one when you're probably yeah. about four <laughs> so yeah. um yeah no, i'm not I'm, I'm, i was never like a super big into surfing but through kiting i got way more into surfing so we used to you know, we got right into kiting with surfboards, hmm. you yeah. know, for, I did that for years and that really got me back into surfing. And then I did a lot of paddleboard surfing and 
so yeah not re- I don't really come from a full surf background but luckily I've got um, some key partners who do and so they keep us honest with the gear and it's good oh, yeah perfect I, I heard or read somewhere that you do a lot of kayaking as well yeah I used to do a lot of whitewater kayaking so when I was at uni I got involved in mostly for the parties probably the uni kayaking club <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, the whitewater kayakers were yeah they were a good bunch to hang out with and yeah we did a lot of kayaking ended up training pretty hard for the whitewater slalom stuff but didn't quite make the you know the national team yeah, so yeah. We, were, we were probably having too much of a good time but we, we got pretty good and we hucked ourselves off a bunch of waterfalls and some of our my friends are, are top global kayakers now and still pushing the envelope there yeah yeah i'm real yeah, that's oh. sick. all right so i guess moving on from there what was your first experience designing something was it with your dad designing sailboats or yeah well, kind of well always i mean you know um, my grandfather designed and built a 21 foot trimaran that we learned to sail on in new zealand you know years well, basically since i was you know arrived in new zealand when i was about you know four and then um we were always modifying that boat so yeah. i guess just learning just practically from them doing some you know practical like oh we want to you know increase the the width and get a bit more you know a bit more riding moment on the boat so we make some new pontoons and and stuff like that so no it was always always just tinkering away and dad's an architect as well so coming okay, from yeah. you know grandfather and father both architects but of a design background there <laughs> yeah and um they were always you know working on different house projects and stuff like that and i was pretty interested and then i went away and did a science degree you know totally yeah. different tangent got right into my whitewater kayaking and did, did some other stuff for a while and then actually made i made a um couple of kayaks when i was at uni as well so similar oh, a little bit similar <laughs> yeah, to what yeah. you guys were doing fairly fairly rugged um yeah, yeah. Oh, I, actually i've not done how rugged your boys were they're probably <laughs> epic yeah, yeah. i haven't had a closer look at them but you know in terms of the process it was the first time around so there was a lot of learning yeah, yeah. yeah. um and I look sure. back at it now and go yeah it was definitely rugged but hey we paddled those those kayaks down rivers and you know used them and they worked to a certain degree yeah <laughs> Well, it's sort of like ours. We definitely over-engineered our foil boards. I, I think we just wanted the strength and just they didn't want it to just snap as soon as you pop up on the foil. Yeah, absolutely. And then there's, there's always a balance between strength and weight in any sport with any material, really. And it's just a matter of really carefully choosing the details of, of what fibre or what foam you're going to use, how you're going to combine it, where you're going to put it. And those little... And there's, there's a few key things that, that we really do, especially with the boards with connecting you know the boxes to the deck and stuff like that yeah um using the fiber and the way you the way you line the fiber up that's pretty critical and you've, you guys would have learned a bunch you know, <laughs> yeah, having yeah. done it yeah, yeah yeah and so your boards have lasted though by the sounds of it so yeah that's a win. yeah I think mine fell off the top of the roof when i was driving as well, <laughs> and then i've kept riding it so that's product product test yeah, yeah. <laughs> so with designing those kayaks when you started designing them do you think that was the point where you got hooked on designing stuff or was it uh, no that? that was i mean i've always been tinkering yeah. with things um you know modifying things i don't know if i'd call that designing we were just hacking hacking, yeah, hacking stuff yeah. up and giving it a go but <laughs> um really the design thing i got really lucky actually meeting up with rob whittle who's been the head you know designer at ozone for years and he came from a, a hang gliding and paragliding background and then got into designing kites and he was world champion hang glider and paraglider on on gear that he was making himself and he's really what tuned up what I would call my design thinking. I've always been tinkering and always playing with stuff and, and always been in the water. So I think I've got a pretty good understanding of water. But Rob really definitely tuned me up on how to actually bring your ideas into a, into the real world through a proper design process. He's pretty, 
he, he runs a pretty tight ship and cracks the whip and you yeah, know it's yeah, a very tight process sure. and one of the main things he did for us especially with foiling that's pretty critical is just when you're developing something you have to just do one one step at a time yeah which gets pretty frustrating so you have all these great ideas and you're like yeah i want to go there but then the problem is you don't know what happened from here to there if you take more than one step and then you can't recreate it so it becomes you know random hit and miss so trying to boil it down i mean you still want to have some crazy ideas and, and make them yeah yeah. yeah yeah but boiling down the design process to just really making it methodical and so that you know what you've done and where you're going that's probably the main thing that really came from working with rob and uh, I, we became friends through kite surfing i don't know 15 20 years ago yep. when he moved to yeah. raglan which was pretty lucky for me because that's where i was just being a surf bum at the time <laughs> yeah. <to> be honest. <laughs> i guess um just sort of bringing it back a little bit i would I was wondering if there was a specific point for you you were like i wanted to get into the foil game kind of thing like was there a specific first introduction memory to well or like definitely i mean we were interested in in foiling with the kite foiling primarily initially and that was yeah, you know okay. quite a while ago and then um led and his partner toe partner terry chung who makes boards on on Kauai, came to new zealand for a promo shoot for the ultimate waterman yeah right. and i'd been working in the film industry for years actually building underwater housings for movie cameras and stuff mm. and so we did some filming for that promo video with led and those guys towing out the back of raglan and we'd been playing with a little bit of stuff but with the kite falling but watching those guys really rip you know yeah. raglan on 10 foot day with yeah. no one was really even paddling it because it was too raw and, and crazy the swell <laughs> and you know they were towing them with the skis and we were just like oh yeah that looks like that's epic so we gave that a go and broke all our kite falls pretty much immediately yeah. Yeah. so then we were like all right okay well that stuff's not going to work for it let's you know let's make some gear mm -hmm. and then we were just tinkering with foils and bits and pieces and most of the stuff we were using that was around at the time um and it was pretty early days for the modern iteration of foiling um was breaking because we were using coming more from the kite gear and led and those guys they were using the modified sit down foils that mike murphy basically designed back yeah. in the day with the solid aluminium t-bar they call it like welded or even one sometimes the fuselage and the masters cut out of one bullet of alloy massive yeah. bullet that they yeah. cut down and um so they're they're really heavy but really solid and that's what those guys are riding and we were like no you don't need that but in reality you know there was something in that you know sort of mass for what those guys were riding because they were led and those guys you know when they transitioned like it's a pretty funny story so led met mike murphy on a on a wheaties shoot or something in the states yeah. years ago <laughs> yeah and mike you know developed those t4s for the sit down market because he came from the water skiing world and then led was that's cool but let's put some boots on it and stand on it because i don't want to sit on this thing <laughs> and then rush randall and some others took to it and then robbie nash and pete cabrina and all those guys and that's really where it started but those guys wanted to ride the big waves when it was windy yeah mm. so that really heavy solid setup was actually pretty good for that mm. but it was so heavy and clunky for anyone else it, it never took the sport just never took off it was too difficult i think yeah with that gear so yeah you know step forward you know 20 or 30 years yeah. basically and mm. the the kiting world and, and i think the america's cup fed into the interest you know in terms of growing the the consciousness of what a foil could do and then yeah you've got um you know the kite foiling really taking off with you know the speeds that they're generating and so it was a combination of all of those things coming together and we were just I'm, I'm personally i feel like i was just at the right place at the right time 
seeing all that happen and then those guys came to Raglan did that shoot and Led was you know he's, he's a bit of a charger on yeah, a four yeah. it's a decent <laughs> size wave and he was you know just ripping lines and riding you know for a couple of K and we're like okay let's we've got to figure out that and how to make some gear that's you know not too heavy and doesn't break and yep. then we just tied up with the boat building guys and went okay what are you guys using in the boats that that works and really the combo that was where the combo of the carbon and titanium came together for the foils because those two uh, materials just work really well together yeah so just to check when lad came to raglan what year would that be roughly 2015 maybe so reasonably recent not yeah that's when we really wanted to like actually right right, right we're going all in we're gonna we're making foils like yeah that, okay, that, was, that was it before yeah. that we'd been tinkering with some kite gear and we, we mostly were kiting we weren't really getting out in the waves so um we were using it when it was light yeah. wind for kiting that was it yeah awesome the other question i had is when you talked about those boat guys are these the australian i mean the american cup racing team yeah that's right yeah. that's right so the new zealand's you know a fairly small place in, in the yachting world and the high performance sailors you know we've got a lot of them we're really lucky um and australia had its its epic you know moment in the sun yeah. you know bringing back the cup to you know Fremantle the first time it came to aussie which was epic yeah and we you know we got really lucky that we had peter blake and some other guys you know put together these sailors and and you know win the america's cup and we've managed to have it a few times in new zealand and that's really pushed the yachting industry in new zealand massively mm. and we've got just such a great talent base and so yeah i've i've got a i mean you know a good friend that worked on the wing for the 2013 boats you know and he's just a mate of mine and we we sat down and started talking about layups and he showed me a bunch of drawings and then we went, went from one step to another and once so that's how we really started with our mast layup was kind of second hand through a boat builder that had just been working on the project and then once we got some gear together and started getting some traction i met jimmy spittle and pete burling and those guys and just basically <laughs> fed them truckloads of kit for a few years because i knew you know the america's cup was a pretty big thing and we just I really wanted to get those guys fully hooked on foiling yep. as a bit of a marketing plan. Yeah. <laughs> and it turned, it turned into it. They're just great guys, you know. And um, they got into it and they love it. And, and that's just fed back into our gear now. So it's kind of gone full circle, which was pretty cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, so you sort of um, touched on the, the style and design process just then with the foils. With like all, all some of the new gear you have now, wh where do you start like with the foils? Well, you've, you've kind of got to start on what, you, where you where you are but also what do you want to achieve and it's it is a difficult question because there's so many directions you could go but you there's you're trying to always balance two or three main main elements really and that's like who who is it for and what's where can it where can it take them to from where they are now so that's probably the main initial question and and prior to the last couple of years mostly who it for was for me and rob we wanted to make foils yeah. for us <laughs> yeah. to do stuff yeah. so our early foils were pretty big i'm i'm you know 89 90 kgs um and so i was you know my, our early foils were quite big and quite lifty and quite grunty yeah um because we were we are out in pretty small surf and we wanted to just keep gliding and then once we realized okay yeah the market's a bit bigger than one person yeah then we were like, okay, we need a range of sizes, and then then you start thinking about really, you know, who's it for? What what sort of sport? What sort of speed range? Speed range is massive, yeah. um, and the foil section is really big in, in determining, you know, obviously the takeoff speed and 
and all that. And our current high spec fours, we've got the HA1125 on the table. Um, the, this section was all about top end speed, and we just we just and they've got massive glide once they're going because of the span. But you need to get you know get them to a speed the before they'll speed, connect yeah. the flow to the section. Yeah. But that section really has good top end, and so that's where we're at at the time. But you know maybe we could have had a, more, a higher camber section in that foil that had you know more speed range that might have made it more appealing to some people. But we just wanted to go fast with that particular foil at that yeah. time. And I mean, quickly, just to clarify, when you're talking about foil section, yeah, what exactly are, like are you meaning when you talk about that? Just to right, yeah. So sorry, I jumped around on a few yeah. things there on your question. Um, so foil section, just getting back to that, is just if you cut a section straight through the foil front to back, yeah, um, directly parallel with the water flow, just the shape of the the top curve and the bottom curve, and what you're trying to do, the section is the main thing with the section is you got to push some mass through the water and you mm -hmm. need the mass to give it structure and strength right so what that shape is is just to really efficiently push something through the water and then the amount of difference between the curve on the top and the bottom surface creates the camber which effectively generates the lift and that the way those shapes relate there's you know millions of foil sections that yeah, people yeah. have drawn out there <clears throat> and the way those shapes relate it's amazing how much a tiny difference to those curves makes actually a really big difference yeah. to the the feel like how far forward the, the the maximum thickness point is the maximum camber really affects balance points takeoff speed stall speed top end speed and so it actually it's actually become very scientific and the lucky thing for us is really the the top guys designing the boats now they they all have phds and fluid dynamics and yeah. <laughs> and various various engineering you know um elements there and so they really they've really looked at the sections we're using now especially for the 935 mast mm -hmm. and our new foils and we've we've said yeah these are these this is what we've made these are the sections we've used we've used them for these reasons and um you know if you could have a look at the section and do some maths on it and they they run a whole bunch of you know cfd um and the computer which is it just allows you to try a whole bunch of shapes and compare them much more quickly and actually making something and putting it in a test tank. And with the America's Cup programs now, they, they fully design, you know, whole rigs, put them through CFD, analyze how they all compare. And then from that, they'll only make a couple because they have a yeah. rule where they can only make a couple of foils before they actually have to race them. Yeah. So that part of it is, it's pretty mathematical. So yeah, how you choose the section, you just speed range is the biggest thing like which what's the speed range you want the, the foil to work in and at what load so yep. those are the two main things you're thinking about for the section but getting back to your earlier question where do you start with you know designing a new bit of gear yeah um yes yeah, so we talked about who's it for and then um how does it fit with what you've already got you know on the market and what people where people are at like it's no good um even for example oh, this weekend i had chopped a 232 tail down to 212 for a yep. guy that was up north and he was just oh it's so good but the reality was a year ago you know if you'd if you'd put him on that smaller tail he wouldn't have been able to ride it he would have just been crashing so it's just about the right bit of gear for where people are at and that's the hardest people sorry the hardest thing for the sport i think is people choosing the right bit of kit for where they're at yeah because you know a, people might not quite know where they're at or they might overestimate or underestimate where they're at. 
and then they might not know which bit of kit works for where they're at. So that's probably the biggest challenge for the whole foiling market, I think, is just yeah. trying to get people on the right gear for them. Yeah, and exactly. that's you know because if you're if it's too advanced, you're not gonna you know you're not gonna really enjoy it. You're probably gonna crash too much. If it's not advanced enough, you're gonna feel held back. So you know, no one's quite measuring up or defining their foils in the same yeah. way. Like you know, the Lift 120 is closer in area to our 925, but if you do the maths on those numbers, actually it doesn't quite yeah. line up. So they're probably measuring their area in a slightly different way to us. We're doing it projected on the HA foils because that's that. That's how you relate it to the aspect ratio and the span. Um, but yeah, there's, there's the section. There's also the flex. And I, I actually think flex is a pretty important part of a system. The lift rigs definitely have quite a bit of flex. And I think in a surf foil, that can actually really help it you know, ping through turns and a lot of surf foilers are loving, you know, the lift rigs probably partly because of how much they're flexing, you know, like, you know, a good surfboard, a good surfer will always you know, need a board that flexes because it gives, it, it fits the water when you're driving into your bottom turn and then it, but you want the materials to then ping back to their, you know, their true shape mm. when you, when you unload it and that gives you the pop and that's, that's a combination of the flex and the, you know, using good quality, you know, materials. I mean, I actually and was still very curious if you wouldn't mind talking through a bit more like your understanding of how foils work so i guess we could title this section like the physics of foiling yeah, okay as understood by army <laughs> yeah, Armstrong. Sure, so like, right on if you were if you were to pick up a foil and yep. look at it like what's the things you're looking for that immediately make you think it might be something you want to ride right well one of the i mean make you think yes. it might be something you want to ride well, obviously, there's the general parameters of, you know, the outline shape and the sections and things like that. But really, to me, which is came from looking a lot at birds and fish was the taper. Like, I think taper is mm -hmm. critical. So taper and outline, but taper and, and um, percentage thickness of the sections. So there isn't any foil in nature, which is birds and fish mostly, um, that doesn't have pretty significant taper across the span. So... I'm always looking, you know, pretty closely at what, you know, and, and we, you know, we actually did have, I think we got our taper pretty good across the board. It's mm -hmm. probably one of the main reasons why, even in the early days, we had some, probably some, you know, the sections were way too thick because we were, you know, probably going really slow and thought we were going fast. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, apart from that, we always had really good taper and that, that came a lot from Rob, you know, with his design input and he'd been, he's been making wings you know in the air for years so a lot of it really comes down to looking at for us what what works in nature and then and then translating that across so yeah tape is a massive one um another thing is is materials really i mean because you do get you know weight and materials does make a big difference to your mm. ride and yep you can definitely entry level gear with alloy it's great for people to grow the sport but you know it just doesn't have the ping and the pop that we're looking for in in the feel of gear. So materials is probably, you know, up there on the list of what I'll look at. Yep. Um, Shape-wise, um, the the angles that the front and tail, the front and rear, you know, the front fore and the stabilizer are sitting at, um, how they how they look and how they relate, that's that's a pretty big one. Yep. Um, and it's a really big one for, the, for everyone to understand. Look, that's, it's... The offset between your front foil and your and your stabilizer, that angle 
really makes a big difference to how the whole rig works and it's the easiest thing to tune for anyone actually tuning your tail angle and pretty much most foils you'll be able to do it one way or another and tuning that tail angle can make the foil go from feeling really slow but stable to much faster and more nimble so it depends on where you're at in that scale and that's the easiest thing for everyone to do so whether it is tunable that's mm-hmm. probably a big thing um, for me yep. and then foil shape oh there's so many, so yeah, many yes. parameters we could sit here for hours um how the section and the outline work together and then where that is you know in terms of the lever point from the mast like how far forward how far back if a lot of people are running their front foils a long way forward on the fuselage which does give you a bunch of pitch stability that ends up putting your foil way back in the board which to me is a little bit backwards thinking i mean it does if you're a beginner there is some advantages and stability with that but it loads the whole system up way more it loads up your fuse it loads up your mast it loads up your board boxes Mm. way more and you're not actually you've you've just put a bunch more load through the system that doesn't actually exist just to leave it up i mean if you look at all the sailing boats the the main lifting fours they're in the center of the boat they're in the Mm -hmm. center of mass there's not Mm. they're not back back anywhere you know that wouldn't Mm. work at all because they've they've got they've got to actually lift tons so um to me it's really important that if it's too far forward it's it's going to only do a certain job and then it's going to to me it's going to be too locked in you know for waves so that that geometry the general geometry of the whole rig that's something that you look at and then apart from that really there's you know that's the great thing there's so many yeah, different so many. shapes yeah. that that's the other thing people need to you know you can make just about anything work it was a famous you know thing like led said to me one time i was you know catching a wave up there and i was a little stoked and showed him my rig and he went oh it looks pretty weird with all the stripes man but anything will work i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah oh that's actually another question just talking about the stripes like where did where did that start why why did you choose to put stripes on your foil as kind of like the iconic thing right yeah well the stripes this. came from basically and you know when we were really getting into it and doing a lot of foiling and and you know on the north shore of maui and all over the place and then a couple of people had sharks actually hit their rigs yeah and yeah. connor backs had a bit of a famous case where he was downwind foiling down the north shore with saying schweitzer and had a bull shark he th- reckons it was you know hit his hit his rig and he was fighting it off with his paddle for a bit and it was you know it was chewing on his go foil he was on the go (laughs) foil at the time and so he managed to um managed to paddle in unscathed and i I did a little bit of research and really all the research from the stripes came from jacques cousteau originally and then there are a couple of other people that did a bunch of research and with the stripes there's a few different thoughts on exactly why but generally it's the sharks will, will you know if they're if a shark is interested um because you know foils do look a little bit like stingrays which is one of their favorite snacks you know it'll, it'll swim up and see the stripes and generally they'll swim away and one of the ideas is they think that they can't tell how many objects it is when you you know it's kind of breaks it up and they it could be you know they're not quite sure what it is so plus you got the sea snakes i guess that are black and white yeah so um yeah and then we, i talked to a uh, met a really interesting colombian artist actually and she i said we've got to put stripes on this foil you know would you want to sketch something up and she came up with a double tapered sort of design with the stripes and that was it that yeah, was perfect. us from there on in and we've stuck with it and it's you know definitely distinctive branding for us which is great but it does have a purpose as well yeah know? awesome i guess um just bringing it back to the design philosophy a little bit when creating all these foils do you have a specific like i guess demographic in mind or you just try and cater for everyone 
De- no, like, definitely. I mean, it, currently our range, we've got the CF foils that were, you know, more for, you know, the intro yeah. um, rider or, and spe- more specifically, the wake market in the US. We're really targeting that wa- market with that range of foils because yeah, okay. there's a, a lot of people that can wakeboard and wake surf and foiling's definitely growing in that in that space. Yeah. And we wanted a foil that felt easy for them to transition from their other boards. So yeah, okay. really pitch stable, um, you know, start them off on quite a small foil, yeah. um, like the 950 or the 1200 and get them on the rope and tow up and stuff like that. Yeah. And that luckily translates into a really easy and fun surf foil as well. So that's where, you know, the yeah, CF okay. range is. Um, and then, you know, our more mid-aspect range like the HSs, that's the all-around yeah. pretty much just find one that's the right size for you and you know small medium large really you got 1250 yeah. 1550 and 1850 they're kind of the main sizes and then yeah. obviously bigger or smaller if you want if you're a really big guy or a really small person or want to go faster and then our ha range was more all about speed and performance and gl- maximum glide yeah. and really for you know, mostly targeted at the wing market primarily. So yeah, okay. winging the HAs is epic. And hey, if you're a, a, a good surf foiler, then you can, you know, ride the 925 and rip turns on it too. Yeah. But it just requires more time tuning into yeah. how those foils turn. And with the HA foils, you can, like I've seen Oscar rip turns on them and, and a bunch of other surfers <laughs> do some pretty cool turns on some of these, but it takes a bit of time to tune into that gear. Yeah. And it's not going to be immediately as easy as the lower aspect foil. So you're getting back to your question. You definitely, yeah. we try to, like with the HAs, we said advanced riders only. Like yeah, yeah. That was on all the marketing, but we still had a lot of people that just got really excited. And yeah. you know, in the winging world, they couldn't even jibe yet, and they were buying them. And it's like, well, I'll probably learn to jibe on something that's easier yeah, and a bit more forgiving for jumping on something that's made for really, you know, yeah. performance. Cool. Yeah. So we we try and we try and get, yeah, yeah. get the right target for the bit of gear and try and explain it. But you can you can never explain it enough. And we you know we always telling ourselves, oh, we should have you know put more information out about this or more information mm. out about that. But you do what you can. You make it as clear as you can, and yeah. it's up to people to make their choices. Yeah, of course. Um, just another question on design. Um, when you're designing them, do you like look at um, other people's gear as well? Yeah, well, I mean, we always, we're aware of what other people are doing. I'm I'm funny. I'm, I I got I fired myself off social media about two years ago because mm-hmm. I got started getting grumpy with people, you know, saying you know asking actually valid questions. I I don't know. I just thought they were they were silly questions at the time, and I probably should have been a bit more positive. But mm. um, I just was I don't know. I was too busy and just didn't have the time for it. So I'm not I'm completely off all social media. So I, I I'm not totally in the loop with what everyone else is doing. But I if there's gear at the beach and someone mm. says oh I'll try this I'll jump on it and have a go. But yeah, we've really been more looking and working with designers outside of you know in, in the in the boating yeah. world right now mm. really and and really trying to progress to a new place. That's that's kind of our goal. So we've got some new foils coming in a, in you know a few months hopefully before Christmas and. They're really, you know, we're trying to push them into a into a new a new place, really. So yeah. And the great thing for everyone is there's so much. There is so much good gear out there now. Like it's yeah. epic. Like what mm. the progression. Everyone's. I guess that's the thing with foiling. It just drags everyone, and you just get hooked. Like we're we're really lucky. We got hooked, you know, in the early days. So we managed to, you know, generate some product and and get a bit of market traction as a completely new brand against some pretty big players like the global, you know the big global brands you know the european you know neil prides and boards mm, and more mm. and 
you know, the Nations and Cabrinas and stuff. They've been around for a long time, windsurfing gear, kiting gear. Yep. So breaking into the markets was hard and we just got really lucky that we were there in the early days of foiling. But the development, you know, it just drags everyone in. Like it's dragged you guys in too. Yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, sitting yeah, here, exactly. you know, just stoked on your built boards. And, and it's just that the sensation of foiling, it's just such a beautiful feeling that I mm. think it just, once you experience it, and there is a bit of a, a you know, learning um, curve to get over that initial yeah. step but once you experience the glide and and the flight time on a foil you just get hooked and I think that's you know everyone that's gone into the ma making gear they've got that they've got that and so everyone's just trying to make the next best yeah. thing and so this the great thing for the you know global market is now there's there is actually so much really good gear on the market which is what can only grow the sport and I think it's great. It's just so so fun to be involved in just all the development. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah just talking about like the feeling of foiling. Um, you've been talking about how you're doing all this mathematics and everything around like yeah. the foil <laughs> section or whatever. But in the end, it's it really, I think, comes down to how the foil feels. So I assume you're probably part of the process where you're refining the foil to make it feel better for you. Are you mainly testing them like wing foiling or? No, we t wing, wing foiling is, I mean, we definitely do do ride the gear winging. Winging is not a great way or kiting. I don't think it's a great way to test foils because you, you've you got another balance point. Yeah. So yeah. we do quite a lot of toe foiling toe. and we are doing, you know, I do quite a lot of sup surf foiling mm -hmm. and a little bit of surf foiling, not so much, but we've got, you know, really good team riders that do the surf foiling side of it really for us. And really surf foiling or, you know, toe foiling for me is my best way to test gear because yeah. you let go of the rope then you just, you know, toe foiling without straps is the best for testing foils because then you're just on the board, you and the board and the foil, and it's like, you know, it's, just, it's the slightly cheating way of surf foiling. Yeah. <laughs> you just, you just uh -huh. get way more waves. And when you're testing gear, I'm just like, right, I want to go out, get five waves, change one thing, get five waves, then make a note and do it again. And so yeah, that's, okay. we do we do a lot of that. The jet ski sees quite a few hours at the moment. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm not, I'm just getting back, I'm not the mathematician no, on, yeah, on this yeah. one, right? <laughs> like we're, luckily, we've got some really smart guys that are doing that. I mean, we've learned a lot and we've got a lot of our own, you know, opinions on, on what we think works mm -hmm. and doesn't work, but it's pretty specialised and, and it does make a difference. Like the mast, like it blew me away. Like we, they tuned the section, you know, and and I looked at it and went, well, it's not that much different to what we've, what we use in the past. I mean, okay, let's try it. So you get on it and you're like, oh, okay, it feels way different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I thought, you know, the boat falls are a lot bigger. So I was thinking, yeah, those sections are going to be, make a bigger difference. Mm. But actually even down to our scale, which is pretty small differences, you're talking fractions of millimeters in the curves. Yeah. And it's a whole different animal. It's, that blew my mind actually, to be honest, with yeah. this, with this mass section. But you're getting back to the feel. 100%. You've got to feel it. Prefer preferably for us, it's in a wave um, and, and you know, go from there. With the HAs, we weren't really trying to get these. They weren't targeted for the wave. They were more for gliding wind bumps. They weren't really about breaking waves. Although, the, you know, the 525 and 725, we love those things in surf. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, some guys are ripping the 925 as well. So it, a lot of it comes down to what you're used to. But, yeah, yeah the feel is that's everything. And... Yeah, you just gotta gotta compare things one after the other, and at some point go, yep, that's the one we like, and then start making it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or else you never make anything. Yeah, true. Yeah. Too many prototypes. The current foils, oh, we're too many, too many prototypes, and I've been going for about a year on them. And about six months ago, one of my partners was like, "Come on, let's get these things out," and I'm like, "No, they haven't actually got." somewhere new yet we've, we've yeah. got to keep going <laughs> yeah like, yeah oh what do you mean yeah, get, the the, get these things out there i'm like nah we're not doing it till we're ready yeah well 
also um i've noticed on on your back wings you also have like your your tail wings i mean you also have like your chop shop like you can cut them what was the whole idea around being able to cut your well yeah i mean the chop shop thing started with um really you know the hawaiian crew and brian french finch from for the world really led the charge on that one um and that's because at the time when they really got into it they didn't they didn't there weren't many options for small fours around and those guys were ripping you know higher energy waves and going faster and they just needed smaller gear mm. so the quickest and easiest way for them to make smaller gear was just to chop their current gear down and that turned into a bit of a thing and then we had this tail that we we you know they were chopping the tips and they were like oh this thing's great and hey if you've you've got to that level it is and so we're like okay we'll just give people the options so that because they were cutting them anyway so you know a lot of the good surfers so we gave them the option we made that whole tip solid so that people could yep. and um you know now we've got around to it we're, we're fully redesigning all the whole tail range to come out with the new foils end of this year and there'll be you know all the sizes you'll be able to buy you know yep. without chopping them yourself but oh, hey yeah. if you want to chop them you can carry on doing that too but yeah you'll be so able they to still have solid solid tips the yeah that's right that's right and hey with the tail you kind of want solid tips they're small enough that it's not too heavy and they're going to end up hitting the rocks at some point more than likely once you get into yeah. it. I'm sure your guys' foils have you know, oh, got yeah. a few scratches on them. A couple times. Yeah. I mean, yeah. another question I did have is how often are you trying other brands' gear or are you mainly focusing on your own stuff? Yeah, I, I don't try them. I don't go out to try other gear, no. you know, specifically, but we do, if we're at the beach and someone's got some gear and, you know, they're like, oh, can I try your rig? And you'll swap over and, yeah, definitely try stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's good to be aware of, you know, what's around and, and how it feels. And, um, yeah, just getting back to what we were saying before, there is a lot of great gear on the market. So you do need to tune into what you've got. And, you know, a lot of things can work in, in, a diff, you know, in, in the same situation if someone's used to the gear. Like probably the biggest factor in all of this is the rider anyway, in reality. It always yeah. is on in any board mm. sport, um, probably any sport at all. It comes down to the person actually doing it really and how mm. tuned in they are with their gear mm. and you know you can see you know people win races on on gear that might not be top of the line just because they're so talented so yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's a it's pretty complicated but getting back to other gear i mean yeah I, everyone's learning off everyone else i mean it's it's just an awesome yeah. time to be involved in it and there's there's tons of progress and you know where how far forward you put your fuse off your mast that leverage point that changes the pump it changes your pitch you know it, you, maybe some people think it's too locked in some people think it's too loose but that's where it comes down to the feeling like i like a foil that you can just push around with your ankles and so with our foils you know the the center of lift is quite close to the mast it always has been which means they're quite pitchy but it means you can you can throw them around right so there's just so many different little adjustments and you can't really just jump on someone else's rig without actually getting your tape measure out and measuring yeah, it true, up yeah. and understand what you're actually riding on. You can never, I mean, I've looked at enough foils now, I can look at it and pretty much go, okay, they've, they've sort of set, you know, set a few things up this way, but without really measuring some of those key things, like the, even that changing the section, the center of lift, moving it forward or backward, you know, changes where you'd want to mount the whole front wing relative to the mm. mast so and fuselage so yeah there's a lot of little details there that you need to tune in so when we when, when we go through making you know foils like our current foil range where you know we've set up protos the same wing with you know a couple of mil increments you know forward and back 
off the fuselage and we've done about seven or eight of those just pushing it forward and back until we you know feel that it's in the right place for the speed range that we want that foil to to be optimized for yeah, we'll continue on that um do you have a favorite wing or like favorite setup <laughs> yeah just depends on the conditions like yesterday we we're up in lancelin and it was like light wind and i was out on the 82 liter downwind prototype board which was like super fun a four meter wing because you know even though the wind was light i was on an 80 liter race board <laughs> downwind yeah. race board that just popped up really in the 1125 and riding waves on that rig you yeah know? so but if hey if it was windier and you know i probably you know the day before it was windy same sort of waves and i was on the the cf 950 yeah, and yeah loving it so i really do bounce around through all the gear and it's partly because i just want to see how all the combinations you know work in the different conditions and i'm lucky enough that i've got most of the kit with me so mm. um favorite rig i mean 925 is is one of my favorites because it just does it's just a great all-rounder you can kind of do everything with it yeah um so if I was going to go traveling with one foil, yeah, it'd probably be the 925. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, you know, I always travel with about seven foils. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Let's go all of them. No, that's the way. Would you say you've tried every every wing or mast or front wing, back wing fuse in the market? In, that, in the market? That you've oh, released? Oh, on our, of our oh, gear, sorry, yeah, of oh, our oh, gear, sorry. 100%. Of everyone yeah, else's, definitely oh, not. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Yeah, and that's, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. It's a terrible job. I have to be on the mm. water most days. So, yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not good at all. <laughs> oh, it's a hard life, isn't it? It's a tough job, but someone's got to do it. Yeah, <laughs> I guess um, I know I saw you the other day when you were doing the whole talk around with the sup shop, um, and I could tell that you weren't too keen on disclosing too much information about what new gear is coming and how it might be different. <laughs> to what's, but if you did feel comfortable talking us through, like what you're expecting to, well, the main bring thing. Out, I mean, no, yeah. it's just, it's just, just good. You know, the thing is for us, you know, we're really particular about not releasing gear until it's ready. Yeah. And so, so we think it's ready, yeah. and so often you don't know exactly when stuff's going to come, mm-hmm. and and as soon as you have it ready, then you want to get it out as soon as you can. And so basically, yeah, if you don't know when stuff's coming, it's it's kind of a funny one. You, it kind of wastes the energy of, of having new gear if people think something's coming and then it doesn't. And there mm. have been other foil, you know, situations where people got really excited about some gear and then it wasn't available. I don't think that's helpful for anyone. So it's, mm. yeah, it's a tricky one how much you communicate about what you're up to because we might be going in one design direction and think it's great and then literally make one change and realize actually we need to go in a different direction if you've told someone a bunch of stuff and then you're like oh actually it's going to be completely different and it's not coming then and blah 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 yeah. it just i don't know doesn't yeah. make sense so it is tricky sometimes to know what to say because we're still we're you know working it out day by day which is the yeah. fun part yeah. but yeah we have got you know the performance mask coming so the first one's a 935 performance vertical mm-hmm. that one's ready i'm winging this and towing it and and sup, supping this you know exclusively now just love it for everything um if it's shallow water, yep, okay, it's going to be too long. But for everything else, this thing is just so epic. It's got less drag than our previous rigs. It's got a more solid feel. And it's just way more forgiving it through turns and stuff. That foil section we were talking about earlier, it just really, when you're cranking turns on this thing, it just eats. It's like, yeah, really blew me away how much of a difference yeah, it made. A okay. um, couple of details. We've tuned up the mast top hardware and simplified it. We've got some M7 screws here, so we've beefed those up from the M6 um, because we were making a change. And we also reduced the size of the top plate a little bit um, because it just didn't need to be quite as big as the earlier one. 
which has saved us a bit of weight that we could put in you know more high mod fiber in the mast mm -hmm. so no frothing on these and there'll be a couple of other sizes and yeah we just don't know we don't know what those sizes are yet so yeah, you know, <laughs> we've, we've made a few prototypes we just haven't settled on exactly where yeah. they're yeah. all going to sit and so as soon as we you know they're, they're coming pretty soon like i think we've almost made the decision like it's another case where a couple of my partners are like hurry up just decide but you know you mm -hmm. i'm really mm -hmm. trying to part of this trip to west oz was you know see what everyone's riding over here get a feel for where they're at and then you know make make some decisions on what we're yeah. what we're going to do with those other masks and we've got some new foils coming they're going to be mid-aspect foils for sure mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. um but beyond that the shape's still up in the air but we've got some some that we like i mean i dragged one out and showed it yeah, to yeah. everyone yeah you know at at the talk but that foils you know miles away from the shape that it's going to yeah. be which i tried to explain I'm like it's a prototype it's what you know we've already i've already got you know two two versions later than that one that i had that i didn't want to show anyone because <laughs> in case there were cameras out yeah because it's actually feeling pretty good and then one that you know a mod of uh, an update from that that's turning up should be turning up at home any day now that i'll get back okay, and test perfect. on monday and hopefully we'll you know that might be getting pretty close and then we'll we'll know and then we'll be able to tell people when we're putting yeah, yeah, it out perfect. there yeah well with the whole brand you've make you make boards and foils now do you see it going anywhere else like boats or well i mean yeah boats. <laughs> maybe boats are, boats are boats are a big project um at the moment we're really busy with the foils and it's yeah. it's enough mm. boards foils and wings is plenty we've got we've done you know a year's worth of development for the next batch of wings and we're just not quite ready with some of the details we want to make this next one really epic and so we're just same story we're just really waiting we've made about 19 versions of prototypes on that one which is you know taking a lot of time and money but we just really want to have something awesome and hey we might get up to 40 or 50 protos before we're happy with that one yep. um and so yeah that won't definitely won't be coming this summer for a new wing but we're you know we're getting something that we're starting to like yep. but we just really want to take it to the next level and and put out when you release something just make it as good as you can and so we're yeah we're getting there but like yeah getting back to the question we're really busy with those projects and down the track i think there's potential as our team grows well we've just taken on um nathan chook who's an epic epic guy who's just basically cracking the whip and keeping us all much more organized yep. and he comes from you know running super yachts he's been running super yachts for years so really talented guy and you know his brother's also on the america's cup sailing team so yeah, that yeah. doesn't <laughs> doesn't yeah. hurt yeah and um so yeah we've got some good contacts there but um as our team grows then yeah for sure we might take on some other projects yeah you know with the brand down the track i i've got some you know pretty cool ideas that i'd like to do but we're, we're just maxed with getting our current you mm. know improving the current range which is which is enough it's good yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, i got a quick no, question really earlier insight. with taper and shape your earlier wings like the 1550 have yep. it, the tapered down over the oh that's yeah so that's that we call that the ronda so um whatever you want to call it that so the view from you know straight front on um like an elevation view yep. basically this curve here so yeah there's a little bit of anhedral in this one with a bit of um dihedral tip inflection the earlier 1550 actually has a tiny bit of dihedral in the middle and then a ton of anhedral ronda or tip curve yep. down mm -hmm. now that was all about um your stability mostly so to make it a lot easier to yeah. ride so if you're thinking you know um this way you put you put your tips down it makes them a lot more stable a lot more forgiving yeah and a lot more when, when you lean it over the tips aren't going to come out so much because they're, <laughs> they're tipping down yeah 
but it does you know add drag that's not contributing to your lift so yeah, they're yeah. not as efficient for pumping but they're way more forgiving yeah so it just was that's where we were at um ourselves at that time we wanted you know in our 16 it came from our 1600 we were playing that was our first production foil mm. and original cf 1600 and we tried a bunch of different shapes we had a ton of dihedral all sorts of stuff and we just found for where we were at at the time which was kind of lucky because the market was pretty new and that's where yeah. most people were at the more anhedral curve we had there the easier it was to ride and we just wanted yeah. to people to get into the sport yeah yeah and make it more accessible so yeah so you're following the market really and, and who's for buying the gear yeah we were just like well luckily for us you know we weren't pro riders and that's that's kind of an interesting thing there's been a few you know bits of kit out there that were just ahead of their time like you know the mfc original mfc's they're epic foils people right now people right now jumped on the first generation mfc foils they'd probably be blown away they're epic mm, foils yeah, but they were just yeah. ahead of their time people weren't ready for that much speed yeah yeah um unless you were kai you were <laughs> you yeah, struggled yeah, with enough. it right <laughs> yeah so we were kind of lucky that our first foils were slow because that's where we were at at the time yeah that's actually a really interesting point that you're sort of just trying to follow the market because I guess well we, we weren't trying to follow the market we were just we were yeah. that's where we were yeah, yeah I mean okay, we, yeah. we were like we wanted to make gear for us and we're, <laughs> yeah, and, true. and we're, we're you know kind of average riders so yeah, we're yeah. like sweet <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> a lot of people are like us so it worked for you know getting growing the sport and mm -hmm. getting people into it that's that's a really big thing which I think you know now it is easier for people but there's still it's still that education and making sure that you know people get the right gear for where they're at yeah yeah for sure one thing i heard you mention earlier with purpose of coming over to perth was sort of get a feel of like what's happening around here um and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong on this but i think like in perth at least because at the sup shop the main three brands we sell are armstrong axis and lift i'd say axis is somewhere in between the two brands and that it's pretty capable like all over the board it's a really good entry level pricing but then like if i'm looking at the comparison between lift and armstrong um armstrong generally seems to be rode more by the wing foilers where lift is seeming to be more in the surf foiling and the thing that i reckon i keep hearing people say is that they believe it's the bottom concave that's making that difference like underneath the foil I'm yeah well that's the cap that, yeah. that effectively you know um relates to the camber but there's a bunch mm -hmm. more going on but yeah for sure those um current lift rigs have quite a lot of camber in the section yeah which i think gives you know the smaller foil more bottom end which is a, a great thing for surf foiling and they've got a ton of flex in their rig as well and so i think that really resonates with the surf market as well yeah, yeah. and lift have got a bunch of really good marketing so i think those those things you know together i mean lifter lift have been around you know a bit longer than us yeah. as well so they were there at the very beginning um and yeah they've got they've got a pretty compelling rig for surf foiling i think we've got i think the 925 is great as well yeah. if you mm. if you tune mm. into it um and there's yeah the comparison between the two hey they to be yeah. honest they're both good rigs so yeah, yeah just yeah. Just, just take pick whichever you pick prefer at the time <laughs> and, and you'll be right but yeah no for sure yeah the, the higher camber does give you you know um a, a better bottom end Mm -hmm. for the same size but you know with our has we were really more targeting for the, the has particularly for the winging and and the yeah, higher yeah okay, that makes sense yeah so that's that's where you know they're sitting at the moment i think the new mid aspects will definitely come into that space a lot more we're, we're really focusing more on the surf side for those 
there'll be an 800 a thousand and a 1250 i think the 800 and the thousand are gonna gonna go pretty well in the surf in the surf market i mean we've got some pretty good surfers on the east coast like dingo morris and yeah. stuff you know ripping yeah. on the on the 525 and the 725 yeah. like that's all yeah. they ride now you know like they started off on probably the 1050 um with our at you know low aspect make it a bit easier and then obviously they're good surfers so as soon as we sent them a 725 they're like where's the 525 yeah. <laughs> that's it <laughs> just frothing yeah. on those little things yeah, yeah. I have no sure. idea how he pumped those little things. I was looking at that the other day and it looked tiny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's not, he's not a big guy, but they're pretty good surfers. And, and that's the thing with, with any of those, as long as you keep it up to speed, like any foil, if you, I mean, some foils definitely have too much drag to really keep up to speed, but any of the, the good modern foils, you know, you, you kick off with enough speed, you can keep them going. Like obviously Oscar, you know, kept going yeah, yeah. for yeah. two hours and 45 <laughs> minutes or whatever it was, something crazy. But that's all about maintaining the speed. Yeah. And you, if you kick off with speed, you know, on a 525, you know, I can I can double dip on a 525 when I'm towing for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, speed. yeah, just can kick out with yeah, tons yeah. of speed. That's as with all surfing, you know, it's all about speed, power and flow. And if you can mm. maintain your speed, then you can do, do stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awesome. exactly. All right. Sure. Did, did you guys have any more questions or are we? I think that sums it up. Did I you mean, have any, Steve? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think that was a really good, yeah. really good insight into everything you're doing. So, yeah. oh no, yeah, great, no, epic, us. epic questions, guys, and um, just love your setup here, and well done getting into it. It's awesome, Jeez. stoked to be here. Yeah, yeah perfect. Sure. Thanks so much for coming. Cheers, yeah. guys. Cheers. <laughs> awesome.